Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Hey guys, before we get into this episode of the Talking Metal Podcast, I do want to give a big shout out to all the patrons. Tommy Anderson, Steven Saylor, Steven Rodriguez, Steve Hoker, Steven... Uh, no last name for him. S-T-E-P-H-E-N. Sam Soupy, Ron Keel, Richard Langridge, Patrick Schwartzman, David S. Gray, Mike Jones, Michael Street, Metal Dan, Matt Carroll, Leo from Alaska, Kenny McCrimson, right? Kenny uh, McCrimmon, I'm sorry. Kenny McCrimmon, John Beauvoiri, Joe Ryan, Jean-Francois Las, Jay Vaninsky, Jason Seth, James Bennett, Gregory, Jerry from Long Island, Fred Rudds, Drake, Dan Gurwan, Brad Dahl, Anthony Mackey, Adam Marr. Guys, I know times are a little screwed up right now, to say the least, right? People are getting laid off. Uh, I mean, record unemployment, at least here in the United States, and I suspect around the world. If you need to leave Patreon temporarily or permanently, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to miss you like crazy, but I do understand it. I know some patron pages have paused their collecting dues or collecting the the charges from the patrons. Uh, Victor and I did have a discussion about that and decided we weren't going to do that. But we've had a number of people drop out. And listen, I get it. If that's what you need to do, I'm totally understanding that. And, you know, no hard feelings. I mean, I'm listen, supporting Talking Metal on Patreon is the last thing anyone needs to worry about in these times. But I do appreciate you sticking with me if you can. And uh, trying to, you know, give you those bonus podcasts every week with Victor, which I think are, uh, you know, they're like the Grumpy Old Man podcast. Uh, it's like two old guys just complaining about stuff. <laughs> uh, try to keep it positive here on Talking Metal. But the Mark Striegel podcast is what I'm talking about, which all the patrons get every Friday on Patreon. All right. We got Eric Baker of the M3 Rock Festival, the producer of the whole thing, one of the founders. And we have Kelly Nichols 
of L.A. Guns fame, the bassist of L.A. Guns. Let's do this. Hi, I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. On this episode, we're going to talk some rock, some metal, and anything else we feel like. We're also going to jam some tunes, have a drink, and share some honest opinions. Thanks for listening to the Talking Metal Podcast. Let's get things started. Here's an old classic that sounds just as good today as it did when we were kids.
some classic LA Guns here on Talking Metal. So good. We're going to talk to Kelly Nichols about that specific album. Cocked and loaded from 1989. A true classic. So good. And let's let's do this right now. Let's get into my interview with the, I guess, founder, one of the founders of the M3 Festival. He's got some information for us regarding M3 this year. It's not canceled. It's happening in early September. I cannot wait, guys. Man, it's going to be a homecoming after what we're going through right now with all our favorite shows being canceled, sitting inside all day. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going a little batshit crazy, to tell you the truth. I, I hope you guys are doing all right, but I'm, I'm starting to lose my mind a little bit. Like I said uh, on social media, I went from fear to kind of uh, anger and fear to just anger and now I'm just like I, I'm I'm going crazy man and I'm busier than ever I know I, I'm reading people I'm so bored I'm Netflix, Netflix binge watching and but, 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 man I don't have one freaking second I got you know meetings for for work virtually happening I'm trying to teach my kids uh, you know my wife and I are their school teacher school teachers now uh, and I, I don't know what the hell I'm doing I know my times <laughs> I think I know my times tables now better than I have since I was in school man what a mess I'm frustrated I'm tired I think that's where I'm at right now frustrated and tired and listen in New York they're saying the apex is going to be hitting soon and I hope that's the case man because I, I want to at least see the light at the end of the tunnel, which at this point right now on April 5th, the day I'm recording this, I don't feel like we do. But let's uh, let's do this. Let's get into our interview right now, my interview with Eric Baker, a guy who's been on the show before and always treats us so well at the M3 Festival. And I am so looking forward to M3 2020. Here we go. Eric Baker talking about M3, LA Guns, and some other stuff. Hey, it's Mark Striegel of Talking Metal, and calling in once again, we have Eric Baker, the creator, one of the creators of the M3 Festival, and there's some news on M3 this year, which I'm, I'm actually psyched about because I was nervous it was going to be canceled, but tell us what's happening, Eric. You know, you cannot kill rock and roll. Right. That was <laughs> a great right. line yeah. that, that I never made up, but smarter people than me did. Uh we were uh, able to move the festival to Labor Day weekend, which I'm excited about. What a way to end the summer with, uh, with a great weekend of rock and roll. And before we even go farther, I got to say thank you to the people at Meriwether Post for, for finding a date that worked and, and not saying, you know what, we can't do it. We have other things we have to move because, you know, we're not the only game in town for, for a venue like that. And I'm sure there's a lot of other shows that are saying, hey, we got to move and they could have put three different shows that weekend and they they worked with us and they said you know we're going to move the m3 rock festival to that weekend and they were exceptional so like you know like everybody else this is you know uncharted territory so right. the first thing i got to do is they're the best partner in the world and you couldn't you know they made it easy 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 for us to do this so awesome you know, thank you god we have them and yeah so labor day can't wait September 4th, 5th, and 6th. Um, we will do a, a pre-party on September 3rd for anybody that's going to be in the area with uh, with Mike Tramp at Union Jacks like we did last year with Pip. Um, and we've done the years before, which will be fun. It'll be a small little thing kicking off the weekend. Um, a very long, fun weekend full of rock and roll. 
It's awesome. And we're talking about the M3 Rock Festival in Columbia, Maryland, a yearly event. And obviously, we all know why it had to move. And thank God it did move. And and thank God that you kept most of the bands. Almost every band is able to make this rescheduled date. And we're getting winger now, too, which is amazing. Yeah. When you think about how many bands we have on the bill, and we really were able to reschedule once Meriwether said we have dates. Um, let's do this. And we started making calls. I would say it was between a 60 and 72 hour turnaround where we had everybody, you know, and I'm talking everybody from Tesla to, to the bands that are overseas, you know, like Doro and Accept and even, you know, the Little Caesars, Bang Tango, Dangerous Toys of the World, every single band to saying yes. And you think about the chain of command, how that goes from me calling an agent or a manager to them calling the band members to making sure their crews are available, so on and so forth, and how quickly everybody turned it around. It's pretty incredible. Um, and yeah, there was, we had two logistical problems. One was Rat, but we were able to get Winger. Uh, and we've been trying to get Kip forever to, to have Winger Electric. And it just worked that, uh, you know, the cover, the cover that wasn't going to go out. This right. Summer. Yeah. yeah and Reb is available. Right. Yeah. So it worked out. And when I got the call, it was like, wow, how did this work out? Um, and so it just seemed like, once again, things just happened to fall, fall in place for us. And we will find um, someone to replace Taketo. And I'm sure we'll add something else, you know, a couple other bands. Um, to, to replace, you know, we still have room on Sunday now. We don't have to end so early. You know, when it was in May, we had to end early because people were going to work on Monday. There's right. no work yeah. on Monday now. Yep. Everyone can drive mm-hmm. back, party mm-hmm. Sunday night, and drive back Monday. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, and have a day to recover before they have to go to work. And, you know, I think on the East Coast, you know, growing up on the East, I think you still start school right after Labor Day. Right. Yep. That's uh, true. So. Yeah. Yeah, so people could get prepared and for all that. You know, on the West, we start in, like, I think my kid starts, like, mid-August. Oh, does he? Okay. So it's weird. Right. Yeah. yeah. it's so weird out here. But, right. But yeah, so, you know, I'm excited. And we're, you know, thinking of different people to replace Taiketo and seeing who else to add. And we're going to have a, a great Sunday now. Yeah, I mean, a couple of the ones I'm interested in seeing. I mean, Winger Electric was always great. And I, I remember they played M3 probably what was it like two, three years ago? And they were, I think 2017 maybe. And they were just on fire that year. So good. So I'm totally psyched to see them again this year at M3 and Doro. I, I, has Doro done the festival before? No, Doro hasn't yeah. done the festival except hasn't done the festival yeah. before. Um, so, you know, uh, I'm trying to think, I think everybody else has done the festival. Mike Tramp hasn't done the festival. He's in the VIP pre-VIP uh, event, so and he's doing only White Lion music. Right. So we have some new things this year, which we're excited about. And have, has Heaven's well, Edge, have they played before? Heaven's Edge did play before. Right, okay. Um, and, you know, this will be somewhat of a, an emotional Heaven's Edge without George, you know, with George's passing. Right. Uh, you know, we were supposed to have Heaven's Edge last year, but it was just too soon after George passed um, that the guys just couldn't do it yet so um we're excited that they're going to be here you know i love those guys yeah so it's just some amazing bands kicks tesla night ranger except yNT faster pussycat la guns well, i want to talk to you about la guns because i know you're working with them queens reich winger mm-hmm. 
Striper, Steven Adler, and Bang Tango, Dangerous Toys, Little Caesar, and many more, actually. So it's going to be a, a really needed event, I think, for the rock community, especially after we're just seeing all our shows slowly get wiped out uh, this spring, and now even some into the summer we're hearing are canceled. So I really think this is going to be uh, a special weekend for us all, and uh, to put this whole mess of, of what's going on behind us and to celebrate what we love again and that's the great music from you know the 80s all at this festival eric you're a guy in the business what what are your thoughts is the summer going to be a wash at this point i mean are you is june and july are we going to see any shows in june and july and this is just my personal opinion and i manage you know a number of artists as you know um i'm thinking july opens back up uh, I'm pretty, I'm always an optimistic guy, so I'd like to see June. I know that my beginning of June shows, we've already pushed. The end of June shows, we have not pushed yet. My July shows have not been pushed at all. Um, but, July, you know, I just, I think July is when it's going to open. I think to err on the side of caution, I wouldn't plan on going to see too many shows before the end of June. Right. And I don't know if we want to even. I think that, like, I'd rather be safe than sorry. And if it's an extra couple of weeks, you know, we saw on the news today that people are saying that the, you know, the curve is going to hit the high end in the next couple of weeks if we all do the right thing. Um, and I think I probably know as much as you or any listener knows because we're watching all the same news and it's confusing to all of us, depending upon what news channel we watch. Right. Um, but I just think from what I'm hearing from promoters and other managers and bands and everybody else that we're talking to in the venues, my personal opinion is I think July is a safe bet to see this thing starting to open up again. And boy, but when it opens, I can tell you out of all of my artists, I don't think there's a weekend or I don't think there's five weekends that my bands are off the road the entire, until like after Thanksgiving, it just goes. And if it's just me, I can't even imagine there's so many artists on the road that there will be a lot of music um, this year, which is great. And everybody is trying to reschedule. And I think 2021, assuming they get a handle on this and it doesn't come back. Yeah. Um, and let's just hope for the best. I think if it does, we have bigger problems. Um, if it doesn't come back, I think 2021 will probably be the biggest touring year in the history of music. That's awesome to hear. And we, we hope yeah, that's the yeah. case. And yeah, I mean, M3, of course, I'm looking forward to, but you know, the Def Leppard Motley Crue tour, we're hoping that still ha happens, but I, I believe they start that in June. So, I mean, I'm wondering if they're going to have to push that back a little bit. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's funny because I, I asked that question yesterday and, you know, I always thought that tour started a little bit later and then I guess they added some earlier dates because the tour was doing so well. And I wonder what's going to happen with those June dates, but they yeah. haven't pushed them yet. They haven't pushed so, them yet. Yeah. I mean, that would be, yeah, that would be a telltale sign, but CMA just pushed the CMA festival. That's in the beginning of June. So they actually canceled for the year. Yeah. So, and they just pushed it to 2021 and the songwriters fall of fame, which is obviously not a big event. It's still an event. That was June 11th and 12th. They pushed to 2021. So I'm seeing the, these things that are in the beginning of June get pushed to 2021. So I'm thinking anything in the beginning of June is just, I think organizers want to just say, you know what, cut my loss in the beginning of June. 
let's reschedule while we can. You know, when you're thinking of a stadium tour, how much goes into a stadium tour and trying to find the avails? Right. Think about all the people that have already scheduled tours that we don't even know about for 2021. Yeah. Um, and, and before any of this broke out, I was at a meeting with a, with a, uh, with a lar- rather large promoter who was already saying, and I mean, I'm, this is six, seven months ago that I was saying, you know, it's somewhat quiet for me this year because all my stadium tours are in 2021. Hmm. Meaning he already had stadium, this guy who did book stadiums for the promoter already had them booked for 2021 that we don't even know about. Yeah. Not wow. even announced yet. Wow. So, wow. That's... Yeah. So I think there's, there's a lot yeah. that goes into it. And, you, and when you're thinking baseball stadiums, how do you find a baseball team that's gone on a 10 day road trip to get a stadium for it? Right. Very true. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. So yeah, we we will see who uh, who gets canceled and who who doesn't in June. And I think what you said earlier, I just wanted to circle back to. And it's just at this point, I think all of us just need to do the right thing and stay home. And that is going to hopefully make this thing, you know, the the curve hit sooner than later. And I think that's gonna uh, help the uh, the concert season for potentially July, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think once again, if we're home in July, I think once again, we have bigger problems than not seeing music. Right. That once again, this is just my personal opinion. I think just, unfortunately, we will have bigger problems than not seeing music. And that's why I think it's so good that we were able to schedule that if we can, I think we're all going to be ready to just forget about life for a minute over Labor Day and have fun. And whether it's the, you know, the M3 Rock Festival or the Motley Crew you know, Def Leppard tour, whatever it is, people just need that escape. Um, Absolutely. Need to have fun. Absolutely. So, Eric, back to M3, L.A. Guns is playing this year, and you sent me over a great new song by L.A. Guns called Crawl, and yep. can you confirm you are working with them as a, like, in a management sense? I am working with them at, uh, so the LA Guns that I'm working with is, you know, Steve Riley and Kelly's version. Um, and the way that came about was somewhat organic. So LA Guns, besides Kick, LA Guns has played M3 more than any other band, mostly because we always have a theory at M3. If people want to see you and you're easy to work with, we always want you back. Right. And that's it. And every year we do surveys um, and our surveys just keep getting bigger and bigger um, every year, the people that return the surveys. And it's like, so our, our research gets better and better. And so every year, LA Guns comes back as one of the top bands. And so we've never actually had Tracy for no other reason that when it was Phil and Steve and Tracy was in the other one, people were saying, yeah, they want the Phil Lewis version. So we always had it. Not a big deal. A couple of years ago, we had the Phil Lewis version, and then I, there was, I guess, whatever issues, and I actually really have no clue what happened. Steve Raleigh was asked to leave the band or whatever happened, and I've never asked Steve about it because I don't like getting in the middle of it. I'm not a gossip guy, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't pertain to our business. And so Steve wasn't in it. They canceled the weekend before because they didn't like their slot. And the truth is, that's their prerogative. If they don't want to play this, you have a contract, you made a deal. And, and the last I knew from, you know, me as a manager and I, you know, managed 
rather large bands like Jefferson Starship and the Isley Brothers and these iconic artists. Sure. The last I knew, once you make a deal, it, you make the deal and the deal is done and you know where you are on your slot and you don't get to change it and, and you honor that and we're the, we're the guest of the promoter and we're paid to do a job and we do the job. Right, yeah. um, that's just my theory as a manager. Their manager had a different theory. All good. Okay, they canceled. Not a big deal. They ended up going and playing a club show that Sunday night. Didn't even have the courtesy to tell us that they were doing it. Hmm. All they had to do is say, you know what? We already bought these tickets. Do you mind if we play it? We want to just recoup our money. It wouldn't have been a big deal. You know, but at the end, people still wanted to see LA Guns. Right. Okay. Um, and I hit up Steve Riley and I asked him, what was his thought about kind of putting the band back together and coming and playing? And this was two years ago. And he said, you know what? Give me a day. Let me see if I could do it. And, and I don't know how well you know Steve Riley, but he's a gentleman. He's the ultimate gentleman. I don't know him personally. And he was the but... guy that, he's the guy that I always dealt with in terms of setting up the shows. He was really the guy who dealt with all the advancing. So I always knew how good of a guy he was. And all those guys. Throughout, always did meet and greets, always did the pictures, sat and talked to everybody, including Phil. Everybody was great. So anyway, come long or the short is, they got the band back together and they played. And you know, people were kind of bashing at the beginning. They played and they did a great job. Um, nobody, oh sorry, that was last year. And then I did the survey, and most people didn't know what version it was and didn't care. Um. And then I kind of told Steve about it, and he said, hey, you want to help me out again? You know, I mean, do you want to help me out? And I said, sure. And then I called a label, and I said, listen, these guys are getting back together. What do you think about doing a record with them? And I said, Kelly's going to be in the band. He wrote Ballad of Jane, blah, blah, blah. And they said, yeah, let me, let me hear some stuff, that, like a demo or something. And they did, and they were like, we want to do this record. And it's a label called Golden Robot. These guys are great. And, and you know, they signed them. They met with Steve, and they signed them. They had a great meeting, and they signed them. Um, and and right. so I co-manage with a guy named Bobby Collin, who I've worked with, and we work on the band Cold together. And Bobby right, manages right. Phil X from you know, who's a guitarist for Bon Jovi. He's a great manager, and so yeah. And so Bobby and I do it together. And so it was just kind of seems like help a good guy out and work with good people. And so, and that's how this whole thing came about. Cool. And and not to say that the other LA Guns couldn't play M three. Just, just putting that out there, you right. know. Okay. You know, you know, I managed Jack Russell for a long period, but Great White played um, M3. Yep. Yeah. Because M3 isn't about me; it's about what the fans want to see, and it's definitely not about me. So, when I managed Jack, and Jack and I had to deal with it, and we did, and he understood, and he was a gentleman about it. He wasn't extremely psyched about it, but you know, when I first started meeting with Jack about management, I said, M3 is separate. Obviously, I want you to always do it, but there are going to be times where I have to make that decision and we're going to have to deal with it. And he was always cool about it. Jack was always great about it. And, and so, um, you know, unfortunately, the other, the other LA Guns manager told me that, you know, they never want us, he'll never have one of his bands play one of the festivals. I mean, and that could change tomorrow. And if it does, great. Then that will be behind us when we'll move on. Um, so yeah. But yeah, the record's right. great. 
coming out in April. Um, it'll be a full so full here. album. <laughs> full album, yeah, a full album, one hundred percent. So, and uh, stand by to hear more about it. Yeah, cool. Well, the track I heard is great, mm-hmm. and I'd love to, if you're cool with it, play it for the Talking Metal listeners. I would love for you to play it. Cool. So let's uh, let's I think wrap it there. Then we're going to play "Crawl," the brand new song by. LA Guns featuring Kelly and Steve. And I can't wait to see this song live at the M3 Festival Labor Day weekend in Columbia, Maryland. Eric, it's always great going to your festival. It really, it's one of my favorite weekends of the year. So thank you for moving it and salvaging it for this year. Thank you for always, you know, coming and supporting. And, you know, and I appreciate that for everything that you've done for us. You know, it's uh, it really great. And, really appreciate it can't say enough about it so thank you well thank you yeah right there featuring Kelly and Steve Riley. Kelly, we're going to hear from him in just a bit. That is a a sound sample of the new song, which comes out in about two weeks or less, I guess, at this point. So definitely pick that up. Crawl. Man, great stuff. And definitely uh, in the L.A. Guns tradition, in my opinion. Kelly Nichols, Steve Riley, L.A. Guns. Yeah, man, great stuff. So (laughs) let's... uh, Let's get into this. Let's talk to the bassist of L.A. Guns, and it is L.A. Guns. It's not Steve Riley's L.A. Guns. It's it's uh, it's L.A. Guns, and I clarify that with Kelly at the end of the interview. So here we go. This is 
Mr. Kelly Nichols joining me here on Talking Metal. He's got an interesting story to tell. I really enjoyed talking with him. So let's uh, let's check it out right now. Hey, it's Mark Striegel from Talking Metal and calling in. We have Kelly Nichols of L.A. Guns. Kelly, how are you? Wait, where is he? <laughs> hey, I'm good. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Like I said, under the circumstances, it's uh, just kind of a weird time for us all. So I uh, really thank you for taking that. Yeah, really. Yeah. And how, how are you doing <sighs> just thing ever, with, with life in general? You, you staying put? Uh, yeah, no, you staying healthy? Yeah. yeah, we're doing good so far, man. We're hanging tight. We're definitely laying low. But uh, I lay low anyway, pretty much. I'm, right. I'm kind of a homebody anyway, so I'm not really like stressing or anything. And, um, you know, I can always keep myself busy. <laughs> cool. Cool. Good to hear. And there's a brand new song that I was privileged to hear. It's not out yet but it's called Crawl. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this. It comes out when? In end of April? Man, we got the best like uh, drop date ever, 420. So April 20 in nice. 2020, uh, we dropped our first single. And um, yeah, it's a whole new record coming out. It's got 10 songs on it um, wow. called called Renegades. And uh, Crawl is the first one. And um it's a cool dude, man, and it's uh, it's uh, you never know, you know. It's it's like we just we just gave it a shot, you know. Right on. It was it was done pretty quickly and but pretty methodically, and uh, I feel like it has a really good energy about it. So that's what I'm I'm digging. It was uh, well, go ahead. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it's it was absolutely a ton of energy in it. Catchy, hooky, great tune, and is it kind of a a a sign of what's to come from the rest of the record or is it kind of all in that same hard and heavy but catchy vein or is it diverse what can we expect well, uh, from that yeah, album in general there, it's definitely upbeat there are uh uh they're like there are two slow songs on it and the rest are pretty much all rockers so that's one thing we wanted to uh, make sure that we did was rock you know so um it rocks from the beginning you know and it just keeps rocking and there's surprises at the ending and that's um yeah it's gonna be cool man it really rocks <laughs> cool and were you working with a certain producer uh where where was it recorded oh well, we recorded it uh at uh shoot i don't remember the name of the place that, uh, uh, i don't remember the name of the place man optionally yeah, no worries so, but uh, yeah, studio in LA, great people with uh, this engineer guy June, and he's been doing it forever. And uh, but it was like um, just the best like recording experience I've ever had. I never really liked being part of the recording experience. I would usually just go in, you know, said everything I had to say during pre-production, and then I would go in, lay my bass parts down. And then I wouldn't, you know, do anything till the rest. So, but this time, you know, we feel like we were, everybody was really hands-on, like the whole time we're working together, like a incredibly tight unit, man. It was really a nice experience. Awesome. Oh, I'm looking forward for people to hear that energy that came out of it because it moved. Yeah, it definitely moves. And uh, it's good. Cool. Very cool. And is this the same band that I saw at M3 last year? Obviously, it's you and Steve Riley, yeah. but is uh, who are the other guys? Yeah, Kurt Froelich is the uh, singer, and uh, he's from Florida, and Scott Griffin 
who I used to play bass and stuff in the band. Uh, nobody knew he could shred like that. So, you know, it was a great, uh, it was a great fit. So everybody kind of knew everybody a little bit. Scott, I think Scott knew Kurt. So, um, you know, but it really gels because everybody's really like easy going, really mellow about it. Like we just, we, we all know what we're doing, man. You know, we're just making some music. Like we don't really take it much further than that. You know, it's like, just, just make some music and have fun with it. So, um, you know, just really easy, easy thing to record. I mean, we did two days of pre-production and then we did seven days of recording and then a couple of days of mixing. So, yeah. And, and when you guys are coming up with these songs and recording and yeah. just making this album, how much of the LA Guns legacy hangs above you? Are you thinking about, well, this this needs to sound more like LA Guns, or is it just kind of what comes out is is what what we're gonna get? I mean, I think that we had a big enough part of that originally, you know, that we still have that kind of energy for it. But I feel like, yeah, I feel like it just kind of happen to sound like that like uh, there's definitely tracks that um that bring you back you know Uh, there's tracks that make you feel like it's part old but with a new kind of like fresh vibe on it so it's kind of a mixture of the old i feel like it's the old energy and but with um you know like a like fresh paint and you know fresh coat of paint on it (laughs) awesome Awesome. Cool. And speaking of the old energy, I just wanted to kind of take you back to an album that we all love, Cocked and Loaded, 1989. I mean, wow, so much time has passed. Any memories you could share of that album coming together? Maybe, like you said, the pre-production of it or even the recording process. I know you had some pretty big special guests involved with the record. Any memories you could share of that album? uh that was you know just a uh that was a good time to be you know making an album uh everybody was still kind of like um you know in uh in a real positive state of mind and had we still had like a lot of energy and a lot like to prove or to uh you know to say get accomplished so i feel like the energy of the band was really good at that time we did a bunch of different studios i remember um I remember my friend's dog shooting all over the wall in one of them. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, uh, what's that? I said, oh, man. Yeah, oh, man. Oh, man is right. Mm. I can still see it. Uh, but, um, you know, it was still, like, it was still, you know, like fresh. Like, everybody had burnt out. You know, we, we just eventually burned out i think just because we spent so much time on the road like you know months and months and months and like at the time it was just non-stop you know you'd you'd, you'd do a record you know you spend a few months on pre-production man you know months like months to write songs and come up with stuff and then you go into the million dollar studio and you got you know days and months to record and stuff like the schedules were pretty laxed and the dough was just flowing so you know everybody was kind of you know, we took our time with it, man. You know, we really felt like we could put as much time as we wanted into it. So, um, you know, it just goes like, it's just, it's kind of weird. It's different parts of, you know, parts of it through the career, you know, different parts, like highs and lows, you know, too. Right. Different, different moods and attitudes and, you know, egos start coming into play eventually with some people. And it's like, you know, it just gets kind of like, it self-destructs eventually. Right. And I want to talk about that, but 
going back to that record, you had some pretty significant yeah. special guests. Can you talk about like Robin and Rick from Cheap Trick, their involvement, and Ted Nugent, Derek St. Holmes? Uh, well, yeah, we toured with both of those guys, uh, acts or bands, and uh, they were both great to us. And Cheap Trick was, you know, we did, I think, uh, we did a college tour with them when, um, when, uh, Val Jane was doing really well and they had the flame was doing really oh, well. Right, so, yeah. so we were doing a lot of colleges and stuff and they were just like, you know, super nice guys. And, um, they took us out to Benny Hanna's one night and bought us a uh, dinner. Wow. Nice. Uh, um, super nice. And, uh, just uh, incredible. Like Robert Zander was, you know, the guy every day at soundcheck, he's, he just sounded amazing. We'd, we'd go there just to watch him do soundcheck, you know? or hang out to at least to get to hear him sing man he was just incredible so they were cool enough to just come down and do some background vocals i don't remember which song it was but uh uh you know it was cool man you know nice people just came down and you know sang some songs with us right on right on and so what when did you originally leave the band was it like mid 90s i left around 95 okay I think and I kind of was like had one foot in one foot out and you know all that stuff from Seattle was popping and it was just a weird time and then like you know Phil had already left first and then um, Mick had left and then it was like the three of us and then we were trying to get other singers and it just was like you know they like Tracy wanted to go in like a Pantera direction and I wasn't really feeling that you know um so I was just like, and then I got offered a, you know, graphics art. I was working on the computer already doing some graphic art design stuff with my brother. And, um, I got a gig doing some of that. So I, I kind of just, I, I left, you know, it's like, I, I had enough. I felt like it, I felt like we'd done everything we could up to yeah. that point, you know? Cool. You know, music changes, fashion changes, music changes. They just all changed at the same time, you know? With Nirvana and Soundgarden, you know, they were all just incredible. I mean, the first time I heard Soundgarden, I was like, you know, holy shit. Right. Unbelievable. I heard, uh, we were on tour with Skid Row in Europe, and Sebastian was playing it. And I knocked on the door, and I was like, who was that? He's like, it's it's a band called uh, Soundgarden. I was like, from Seattle. I was like, oh, my God. Wow. I was like, oh, my God. Then I saw the guy, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> The guy looks cool as shit. Yeah. You know, coolest looking dude ever. He can sing like that. Oh my God. Still, um, still a tragic loss. Yeah. So, um, so you you pretty much left the music business. Mm -hmm. You were pretty, you weren't pretty much did, man. Yeah. And you were doing like graphic design and stuff. Yeah. I was just starting to take on graphic designs and, you know, work in garages and I've done all kinds of stuff. I've been working on a shark diving boat for the last two years out here oh, in wow. Montauk, New York. And, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> go out and take people shark diving. Oh, really? Wow. Cool. Wait, that's Long Island, right? Yeah. Long Island, we yeah. See, yeah. That's the yeah, very end of Long Island, Montauk, man. Yeah. It's nice. Out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. So I got a friend who's got a boat. We're the only ones who do it. So we got to take all kinds of people. Um, but so, yeah, I just did all kinds of stuff. And then, um, you know, I just was, I wasn't like very much a smoother, you know, to hook up with other bands and to, you know, or managers or whatever, to try to get another gig. Like I didn't really pursue getting another gig. 
like my life was changing. I was going to have a kid eventually, right? like within, within a few years of that. And then, uh, you know, just had had enough. We did almost 10 years solid, you know, like a solid, solid run. It was all the time, you know, it was, it was months on tour. Like I was saying before, it was three months in the studio for pre-production, recording the record, then going out on tour for like 11 months. Right. Right. You know, solid. It was just, it just got disgusting. <laughs> Right on, right on. So your return to the band comes yeah. comes exactly when? I mean, we're talking 2018-ish or mm-hmm. 2019, uh, yeah, no, I guess. Year. Yeah, yeah. I would say the end of 2018. Right. So, um, yeah, I got a call from Steve. And he explained to me what was going on. And I hadn't talked to him in years. And... Um, you know, the promoters from M3, the guys who run M3, they're friends with them, and they asked him to uh, to put a band together with some people from who have played in the band throughout the years, you know? So uh, I was one of them. So they gave me a call and see if I'd be interested. And at the time, there was a different guitar player and a different singer already attached to the project. So, because before I said yes, I was like, you know, let's think this through, man. You know what I mean? I don't want to just come out and say we're doing it. If we can't do it right, you know, it's all about doing it right. (laughs) So, uh, so, you know, I thought, you know, I thought about it briefly, but I was like at a time in my life was a good period of, uh, in my life, the right timing. Anyway. So I said, um, yeah, let's do it, man. And then those guys couldn't do it. Ah, The singer, the singer and the guitar player couldn't do it. So then he's like, you know, what about Scotty? I'm like, Scotty can play guitar like that? And he's like, yeah, man, no problem. I'm like, okay, perfect, man. Because we already know, I knew him a little bit vaguely, you know, throughout the year, seeing him around. And then Kurt, you know, just came in and just like the sweetheart dude and was so easy, man. And, you know, it was just, let's just do it, man, you know? Cool. So, but, you know, this is always just like, you know, like a couple of days of, you know, meeting, like the fourth time I ever saw Kurt was on stage at M3. Really? Wow. You know, we, it's not, this is not like months and months of jamming and getting, you know, everything we did, we did, we did M3 with like two rehearsals, two, two, three hour rehearsals. Really? Wow. You know? Yeah. So, you know, that was uh, pretty it was pretty tight for that, you know. It's yeah. not like we played like weeks of, together, you know, jamming every day and getting it super tight. And, you know, the starts and the stops are the toughest parts, you know. I want to make sure we start together and we end the song together. So, so that shit, you gotta think. Yeah. Well, you guys sounded great. I, I enjoyed yeah. the set last year. It was great. Thank, yeah. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, we tried to diversify it a little bit, but keep it moving and throw a few twists in there and stuff. And, you know, we're looking forward to you know the new stuff too though man i can't wait to start playing the new stuff you know like i really want to you know get like it's like one foot in the past one foot in the future you know there's so much like to go you can go forward or backwards and it's there's a lot of play there you know what i mean so adding some of the new songs is going to be it's going to be good because they rock and this it's good energy and they're melodic and they're, they're fun and they're easy going and they're you know so I'm looking forward to playing them live and people I want you know people to hear it yeah absolutely well once we get through all this this mess hopefully we'll uh, be able to see you guys back out there live we got the m3 date on the calendar for so september ready. um Dude, and so ready you you had some <laughs> shows that got pushed right there were 
Yeah. Well, they, you know, nobody wants to cancel anything, you know, right. everybody's hoping that they can postpone it and reschedule it and do it, you know, when everybody's better and, you know, so everybody's, you know, optimistic. I have dates that have been re- rebooked already, like M3. There's another one that's been rebooked for August and September, you know, I just, okay. just kind of reserved on posting it because I just, I want to think positive, but, um, you know. It just seems pretty bad. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there's not much we can say about it. So we're just going to wait and see what happens here. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, people want to get out. People want to live, man. You know, people want to live, man. So I don't know. Just get through it and try to prepare ourselves better for the next one, you know. Yeah, we'll absolutely get through it, and we're looking forward to yep. checking out you guys live when when we're through all this. Um, I did want to mention, yep. you know, when the album comes out, it will be simply called L.A. Guns, or because obviously, I mean, the big elephant in the room is there is, you know, the other version of L.A. Guns out there. Are you guys planning to put a spin on the name, any like, or is it just L.A. Guns? Uh, it's called Renegades. Renegades. So you're not going to call it LA Guns. It's called LA Guns Renegades. LA Guns. Re- LA Guns. Yeah. Okay. So LA the the album is called Renegades. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. That's okay. I love the album. So the, and the first single is Crop. Yeah. Right. So it'll it'll come out as Renegades <laughs> by LA Guns. Yep. Cool. I mean, you know, I'm doing everything to dif- differentiate us from them, and uh, you know, first thing we did was re- redesign the badge logo. You know, everything has our names on it. Try to make it, you know, it's crystal clear for people to get it. I mean, this is just the way it is. It's a rock and roll soap opera, you know? Right. It's shame, but it's kind of like, you know, it's it's complicated, but it's, I mean, it's, it's complicated, but it's not. But it's just like, yeah, it's a drag. Right. And there's no, there's nothing legally that, that someone could stop you from using that name. Well, I mean, they're trying, you know, but they, they, they can't, there's nothing because there's right. nothing that we could do to stop them. So right. there's nothing they can do to stop us, but they wanted to try to, um, a different approach and stuff. But apparently, um, uh, you know, I mean, I could go, I could, you know, I don't know. I could go into it, but I don't want to yeah, like really no. talk about it like that. But yeah, no, you know, Steve owns, Steve legally owns half the name. And you know, when, when it was Phil and Steve, and Tracy right. was out, you know, it was LA Guns. And then when Phil left, like, you know, he took the name with him, but he left. The name stays with the last guy in the band, man. That was the deal right. in the contract. Last guy using the name. Steve's the only guy who never quit. He just feels like, you know, he's earned it, man. And he has. He's the one that's run the whole show for the last, like, 30 years. You know, playing every night, doing all the business every night. You know, never helped him at all. Right. So you know, he's put a lot of work into it, man. And uh, you know, I asked him if he wanted to change the name. You know, what do you think? Like, and he's like, no, man. Just, you know, too much work into it. It's, it's you know. All right. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for speaking with us and giving us the update. We are psyched for the new album, Renegades, by L.A. Guns. The first single drops on April 20th, Crawl. Uh, really Thanks digging so it. And uh, yeah, we will Thanks. see you at M3 for sure. Hey, sounds great, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, dude. I hope you like it. Let me know. When you get the whole thing, let me know. You got it.
Going back to that first L.A. Guns record, that song is Shoot for Thrills, a song written by Kelly Nichols. So good uh, good talking with Kelly. I really enjoyed my chat with him, and I'm once again psyched to see them at M3 this year. I saw the other version of L.A. Guns, the Phil Lewis Tracy Guns version, earlier uh, this year. Let's, I'm so confused. I'm, where are we? We're in April. No, so I guess it... I guess it was last year. Last year. I saw that version of LA Guns last year. Does that seem right? Yeah, last year. I mean, everything's... This year is... It's so fucked up, man. It's so screwed up. I don't even know. Like, like, time is... I don't even get it anymore, man. So, anyways, I saw... The other version of LA Guns last year. In New York City. And they were really good. Really had a good time at at the show. And... Also last year I saw the Stephen the Steve Riley version of LA Guns at M3 last year and they were really good too. So two versions of the same band out there <laughs> and, and uh, I guess you just got to do your research if you want to figure out which version of the band you're going to be seeing because they're both called LA Guns. Yeah. So there you go. And they're both putting out music as Kelly told us. We're going to talk with Steve Riley real soon. I've booked a lot of interviews this this coming week, uh, which is tough because, as I mentioned, I'm really struggling with my my time and everything. But I booked a lot of interviews this week. Uh, so we'll definitely be having some interviews in the next probably two episodes. And then we'll see where we're at with this whole COVID-19 bullshit. Maybe we'll do a few more music episodes. I don't know. I don't know. Because I like the music episodes. Those were therapy for me, man. It forced me to listen to music when I put those last two episodes together and and seek out some music, which is something I'm not doing. Like right now I'm talking to you guys and I'm like, oh shit, Andrew Cuomo's given his Sunday briefing. I, I need to go listen to that. You know, it's like it's like news, 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 and I'm all over the place. You know, I got the Sirius app, app on my phone listening to you know, CNN and MSNBC. Then I go online, I hit Drudge Report, I hit Huffington Post and check out the New York Times site. And I'm, I'm Googling the local Maplewood, New Jersey sites. You know, we had a, a bunch of cases here in this small square four mile town that I live in, even even a death at this point. So it, yeah, it's, oh man, it's fucked up. Really, really screwed up, really screwed up. So that's that. And... Let's uh let's call it a let's call it a day. I don't know what should I play for you guys. I mean that's the thing. I I I need to end with a song just for myself, just for myself. You know, you know somebody requested. I think it was that guy from Tijuana, um, the childless loser, whatever his name is from Tijuana, requested Crocus recently, and it it reminded me of the the Blitz album by Crocus. That he didn't request a song off that record, but an album that I think is kind of forgotten. I mean, everyone talks about Headhunter, which is a great album too. But man, that Blitz record was really great. I mean, they they really evolved from being kind of a ACDC sound alike band to more of an '80s metal sounding band. And there were so many good songs off of that album. Everyone probably remembers Midnight Maniac. That was like the single. But I mean, even like Boys Night Out was great. Um, 
Yeah, let's hit that one. And this one definitely kind of has that ACDC vibe still, but so good. So good. Boys Night Out by Crocus off the 1984 album, The The Blitz. And I saw them on this tour opening for Sammy Hagar. I used to have a jersey that I bought at, at the show. Great stuff. And that'll take us out. Stay safe, guys.